Welcome to the Cryptomaniacs Podcast. Join Taskmaster 4450 and John G. Olson each and every week as they dive into the crazy world of cryptocurrency. If you are new to crypto or you've been through a few bear markets in the past, this podcast is for you. It's time to start the show. Didn't you? Isn't that? Don't you love that introduction that Zoom gives you now? Like, you know, you're the sound guy. Can you like record that and send me a, a, a an audio of that so I can like download it to my phone and use that as my alarm and my ringtone. Ringtone. My ringtone. Ring yeah. ring That'd be great. You're right. Yeah, it's uh, it's fantastic, and I don't know how to not do that. I think uh, I think we have to because of privacy laws, and they want to make sure that you know you're being recorded. Yes, so it is the Cryptomaniacs podcast. We are always for your listening pleasure on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, uploaded for your uh, listening pleasure on those platforms, but streaming live on Vim.tv, of course, Periscope as well. Uh, we do our live session, and this is, ladies and gentlemen, the Friday uh, QA. Apologies for being a little late today, uh, my timing was awful, but. Uh, apparently, Taskmaster uh, killed two birds with one stone. He uh, he got to listen to the uh, the Leo Finance AMA while waiting for me. So, multitasking, beautiful, beautiful. So we got a ton of questions, man. Uh, Ooh, the community, tons. Community uh, that's what two thousand. We're going to be here a while. Yeah, I should have brought a sandwich. Out, man. I, okay. I was I was pushing them a little too this week. Oh, like, you know. That- Come on, guys. So uh, we'll, we'll, we'll get right into it. So uh, without further ado, let's get into your questions. And the first one uh, comes from Mr. Armstrong. He says, what is the importance of airdrops on the blockchain? I was recently reading about the new Splinterlands changes, which includes an airdrop for SPS. From what I read, it sounds like a big deal to the Hive blockchain and to that game. I want to start playing, but I have not yet bought a spell book to get started. Would you recommend starting to play just to be a part of the airdrop or not? That is the question. Well, I'll take the general. You can take the specific since you know more about Splinterlands. Airdrops, the value of airdrops is it is a great way to market a project to appeal potentially to new users because don't forget tokenization is really the bridging of users with influencers or or owners if you will of a platform and so and they're not always owners so you have to be careful depending on tokenization and and how the token set up but anyway in most instances, when tokens are dropped, it's a way to get people to click on a link to come take a look at what you have going on and hopefully get them involved in the project because projects online in the digital world depend upon network growth and network growth comes from users and more people being involved and more people active. So that's why entities do airdrops. You'll see this a lot of times, um, either a project 
goes to another project's user base and wants to incentivize them. Or you could see this within the same project as we've seen within Leo Finance and as you're seeing with Splinterlands, where Leo Finance dropped the cut token on Leo holders to kind of incentivize them to take a look at their that aspect of their platform. And so it's a, a way to reward your existing user base, to incentivize them to look at another uh, feature that you're adding or another part of your project, or it could be to another project altogether. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm obviously, I think we always use that airdrop example, me and Tass do about, you know, the, the Uniswap one. And the entire reason we did that is because we were kind of poking around with steam hunt. Um, and, uh, because of that translated into, you know, 400 of these Uniswap tokens. Now, that is, you know, it, it happens. I know one inch exchange did the same thing. Um, so my lesson would be always keep your ear to the street, kind of like take a look. Now, everyone's going to say, hey, here's an airdrop. You should get into it. But just like you said, it's trying to incentivize someone to take a look at a project. Um, but there's certain ones. So we're going to, I'll transition into Splinterlands now. Uh, Splinterlands SPS airdrop, there's big awareness for Splinterlands already. Uh, I think what they're doing is they're really trying to build a community there where it's not just a game, it's so much more. Um, so the way that it's going to work is that it depends on the assets you hold, you will get the airdrop. So for example, it's not necessarily, well, technically it is how much you play the game because the more you play the game, the more assets you acquire in the game. Uh, but for, for me personally, it's more of the, the cards worth what a cards DEC value is. So depending on how much that cards DEC value is, will determine how much of the airdrop you get. So while you can get this airdrop for being active inside the game, I think, uh, the bigger, the, the bigger, uh, benefit to it is, is how much DEC you hold when it comes to the assets within the game. So my recommendation if you're asking me, should you get involved in Splinterlands? Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, uh, yes, get the spell book, get involved, start poking around. And even if you don't get into the game to play it, the collectability of it, the assets you're acquiring, the potential of them to grow in value is there, especially because it's an NFT with actual use case and it's limited. Um, they just sold out of all their land plots. They just sold out of the untamed packs. Uh, dice packs are getting down to the nitty gritty. So they're already planning a, a new, a new pack being sold. I think it's called chaos Legion. I think is what, that's what they're calling it. It's SP uh, Splinterlands is just getting started. So I, even though it's been around for three years and my bird is going crazy. You hear that in the background? You hear that? No. Need a cat solves that problem. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, I would say get into to Splinterlands as, as much as you can. So, Thank you for the question, man. That that was that was a good one. And of course, you know, me talking about Splinterlands is always something I'll do graciously. Uh, let's go. Uh, Jaco just says, I started delegating some hive power. I found that as I delegated a greater amount of HP than what I had received in delegations to this point, I started affecting my HP with negative growth. I then bought some LHP to get the delegated amount to me to be higher than the amount that I delegated to the projects again. Since then, I have seen positive movement again. 
Am I on the right track or how should I maintain a balance between delegations I make versus delegations I have received to maintain the best growth of my HP? If that makes sense, does that did you well, follow the question? Well, well the best <laughs> the best results of your HP, depending on how you're delegating them, is to hold them in, in voting yourself. Right. Because that's where you that's where you you give the payoff to yourself. Of course, you know, often there's a return by delegating HP to particular projects, which will pay you in their native token. Which then now you got a conversion figure and all of that stuff. And, you know, I'm probably the wrong person to ask about that because I don't pay any attention to what my ROI is on my, my HP usage. I just go and upvote as I upvote. And, you know, what comes in comes in. Uh, I write an article uh, to write an article and what comes in comes in. Right. Uh, you know, I don't approach all of this as everything from an ROI. Communitively, I, I know all of my stuff is growing over time because I'm active and, you know, I, I have different types of tokens, income tokens that spurn off more tokens. I have delegated HP to get other tokens. I do delegate like Leo power to get some this meow token or whatever it is. And, you know, it's a lot of it is, well, let's see what happens. Who knows what's going on over time. I don't pay much attention to what my account's doing in USD terms compared to, you know, whatever. It, it's just, uh, I don't look at any of that. I just basically put my head down and, and the activity is what's important. And, and, you know, I use token price and tokens coming in. That's just the scoreboard. You know, you don't win a game by watching the scoreboard. You win a game by shooting the free throws or or making the passes or hitting the baseball or kicking the soccer ball or whatever it is. Um, you know, that that and too many people, I think, watch at the scoreboard. Yeah. You want to make sure your your resources are put in the right area, obviously. But, you know, I've delegated early on to ActiveFit. I can't tell you what my ROI is on ActiveFit. Would my money have been better off elsewhere? Maybe so. But it supported that project. It was a project that got behind early on. And, I mean, it hasn't proven out to this point to the degree I thought it would in terms of the project. But, hey, who knows? Things have a way of, of escalating when they escalate. So, right. who knows? Uh, you put a lot of money uh, and time into Splinterland and that's worked out well for you up to this point and, and could conceivably work out better for you in the future. Uh, you know, good, good for you on that. So we all, you know, if, if you're around the blockchain, you're going to have stories about that. So trying to suck every two, three, four percent APY out of something to me doesn't make a lot of sense because there's just so many opportunities out there and, you know, quite frankly, if you're one who's building, uh, and I think it's very important to build on Hive, you know, even if you're not a developer, even if you're not an entrepreneur, we all have stuff we're building. We have a brand, we have, you know, building within a community, trying to increase our influence, whether it's on Hive in general or in a specific community, CTP, STEM, whatever, you know, Splinterlands, whatever it is, we're all building. And if you're taking the approach I'm here to build, you're far too busy to see, you know, well, what's my, you know, exact APY on, you know, this particular token. 
That's my view of it. I, I think it's a byproduct of just like you said, being active, right? Uh, we we spoke about that earlier this week at the podcast, where you know it's the 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 passive versus active argument, and I think what you said is bang on about you don't win the game by looking at the score. The score is going to be the score. The score is the byproduct of what you're doing on the field, you know, to put it in a sports analogy. So for me, I think the best game plan, and to go back to your question, Jaco, it's accumulate hive power, accumulate the tokens in the communities you are a member of. And you do that by commenting, creating, and curating. Uh, do these, this is the kicking the ball, making the free throws, scoring the goal. That's, that's what you do every day. You worry about that. And then your hive power or your power within the to different communities and tribes will grow. That's a, the byproduct is that you're going to increase your, your APR because your, your, your accounts are going to grow and the returns you're going to get are going to get bigger and bigger. Uh, and that being said, uh, I don't think anybody's ever delegated. I think Nathan Mars is the only guy that's ever delegated me any hive power. And that was like three years ago. Um, so, uh, I don't know what it's like to get high power delegated. So if anybody feels like delegating, Hey, I'll give it a try. I'll, I'll be <laughs> the Guinea pig. Uh, but anyways, yeah. Hope that answers the question, man. Um, <clears throat> next up, we got, uh, rice Torella uh, and uh, a few questions. He's actually got four of them. So, uh, we'll go through each of these, uh, questions, uh, especially for someone new like me. Uh, is how much should I start investing with the little I, that I have with a lot or first observe and learn and then invest? So should he invest right away or should he sit back and take a look at things before diving in? Uh, that that's, depends on the type of person you are. I mean, I, I can only tell you my experience and my experience was when I joined, first joined this, this ecosystem, in addition to my efforts, I brought money to the table and, and I did buy and power up the base token. Right. At that time, you could only deal with the base token because that's all there was. So, uh, and we had a similar question a couple of weeks ago, where to start and where to focus. And, and you and I seem to be in agreement. It's a good idea to get yourself some hype and power it up. And you can do that while learning. You can do that. Uh, you're you're going to get 3% on your money. Now, yes, the price of hype could go down. I mean, we know that. But if you listen to these broadcasts, if you read some of what we write, you read they, or listen to They Call Me Dan, you know, you just go and float around a little bit. Some of the people are optimistic and talk about what's going on with different aspects of this blockchain. You know, then you start to learn very quickly. There's a rather large group of people who feel that the future token price of Hive is going to be much higher than it is today. And so thus, you're probably not going to be ill served while you're learning, getting yourself a little bit of Hive, putting that to use, doing some curating, learning the process. If you're new to crypto, then this is how you learn crypto. You you learn to earn, you learn to get rewarded, you learn to be part and be active. And then you can start branching out and, and moving from there, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. But that's up to the type of mesh you are. Some people are jump first, look later. Others have to look first and then think about jumping for a while. So it, it depends on the type of person you are. For sure. 
Uh, that actually kind of answered his second question there. So we'll just uh, we'll go into the third one here. Um, and I guess this is more of an opinion piece. Uh, does Hive have the potential to go where we expect it to go, or will it stay at this level forever? And I guess that's kind of answered by what it depends on the person, right? I mean, it, you listen to me, Taskmaster, or they call me Dan, for example, we'll be raving fanboys. I mean, we'll say that this stuff is going to the moon and because of the use case, because of all the development, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, but you listen to some of the naysayers and they'll say, well, it's this and that and a third and grumpy, grumpy. So I think it's who you listen to. And I think it goes back to what Tass just said. If you're doing your own research, if you're looking into this stuff, if you've read the white papers, you've, you've, you've dug into this, you've played around in the community, you'll get a good feeling for where this stuff is going. Uh, but it, it, you know, I mean, someone will tell you that the technical analysis for this token or that token is this and that and a third. I, th I think the best answer to that is to roll up your sleeves and get involved and you will form your own opinion from your own experience. Yeah, I mean, it, it's just look at the recent situation with HBD mm -hmm. and the progress that's been made with that in, you know, now, I guess about three months. A lot of it was focused on token price, but because of that discussion, there was other things. And now we're getting some more features added to the hard fork in, in uh, what is it, about 12 days. And so, I mean, you know, who knows? We could end up sitting on our own stable coin. And that's the, the goal, at least. We'll see if, if we get there where, in my opinion, it seems we're moving in a closer, we're moving in that direction. We're getting closer. Will we get there? Remains to be seen. But that would be a major boom, in my opinion. For sure. Uh, and his final question here is, uh, I'm guessing this is uh, the price and opinions of, of crypto, but who are the best um, analysis uh, that you follow or you listen to when it comes to crypto? Well, I don't follow price analysis, so I really don't care um, from that perspective. Uh, quite frankly, I, I don't really follow anybody who talks about crypto because to me, they just talk about crypto. They're not living it. Right. Um, you know, you, you, we had a recent situation here this week with Mark Cuban and He's become a huge crypto advocate and talking about it and NFTs and the potential and DeFi and all this stuff and a rug pull. And now what's he doing? He's screaming for regulation. So, you know, this guy's not a crypto advocate. Uh, come on. Yeah. I, I call bullshit on that one. Uh, he, he, he's turned into nanny and the nanny state the second something goes wrong. That's not DeFi. That, that's going back to the nanny state. DeFi is... Well, be a big boy and look out for your money and learn what fucking rug pulls are before you invest. So, mm -hmm. and we've discussed the crypto influencers, the quote unquote ones on uh, YouTube and stuff like that. And, you know, we basically called BS on them and said they're full of crap because they talk about it, but, you know, they, they're not involved in it. So, mm -hmm. You want involvement, look around Hive. Look at the people who are active on Hive. Look at the people who are in Leo Market Talk or CTP chat or or blogging, you know, posting every day or commenting all over the place. Right. I mean, those are the people who are involved in crypto because they're using the crypto applications and they're they're involved in it. Or look at the developers and what they're doing or the builders. They call me Dan and Starkers, what they're building and 
and block trades and uh, Hoo and some of the core developers. I mean, there are people who are involved in it. They're writing the code for this stuff. Um, that's who I listen to because you know some somebody on YouTube who just recently found this, uh, like a Mark Cuban, and actually he may not have recently found it. I think he's been in it a, long, a number of years. You know, the first sign of trouble, it's like, well, go back to what you know. Right. And that's to me that that's not really worth a great deal. You know, I'll go to CoinGecko news section. I'll read through the news and click on articles that interest me and see what's out there. And I do my own research. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think the majority of the people that I listen to are usually content creators on Hive, uh, mostly because I know, well, I have a vested interest in Hive, but also they actually use this stuff. Uh, A lot of the people, the talking heads, the crypto influencers that just sit on Facebook and Twitter and like, you know, it's like, yeah, it's it's really easy to talk about it when you're on a, a centralized platform, like raving about it. But like, how do we know you don't got skin in the game? That's not, you know, like if, if I'm talking about Hive and I'm talking about crypto, people can go to my wallet and see what I have. You know, they can see if I'm investor, if I'm just talking, you know, some guy on Bitcoin saying, oh, I've got 10 Bitcoin. It's like, OK, well, how can you know, unless you show the wallet address and you start, you know, making transactions where you can verify it. So it's well, but even still, if I can interrupt, okay, you got 10 Bitcoin. What does that mean? You know, just because I invest in Tesla, does that mean I'm involved in the EV revolution? No, I'm invested in Tesla. Why? Because it's making me money or it's not making me money, whatever it is. But it doesn't mean I'm involved. I mean, and even if I made videos about Tesla and EV revolution, am I involved? Do I own a Tesla or do I own a, a Ford F-150? Yeah. I mean, so that's just, I, I see the same thing with, you know, okay, great. You own Bitcoin, you hold some Ethereum, you, 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 you maybe use some DeFi platforms. Wonderful. But what does that mean? Right. You know, yeah. are you using many applications? I guess if you use DeFi platforms, at least that's a step in the right direction. Yeah. Sorry to interrupt, but No, no, it's good. It's a good point. Um, Thank you for the question, sir. Appreciate it. Uh, Lisa's up, and uh, uh, you can you can take you can take a sip of your uh, your your uh, coffee right now, Tass, because this is a Splinterlands question. <laughs> okay. <laughs> My question is about Splinterlands, and specifically what rent a deck means, and what is the benefit for the players of the game, or is it just collecting of the cards? So uh, this is like a rent a deck is well, it's the the renting of cards, right? So. What you can do right now, you can go to something like Peak Monsters, um, which is created by the guys who, who run Peak D, but it's it's a front end for Splinterland specifically. And you can add, there's a market out there that actually allows you to rent your cards. So someone, let's say Taskmaster is a heavy player of Splinterlands. He doesn't want to go and spend 500 bucks on a, on a gold foil legendary Yoden Zaku card. Uh, but John is here, who's got one, who doesn't really play the game, but knows that, you know, Task wants it. I can rent him the card for a certain APR, um, and I'll get returns each and every day. I get paid for renting Task that card, very similar to how you would use something like D-Lease, except the asset is not your hive power. You're actually leasing someone a card. So you can actually be paid from the internal market on peak monsters that allows a player to rent the card instead of making that massive investment 
um, of, of buying the card outright and he has it in his or her deck. So it's just, it's just, again, and this is just, this is already here. We haven't even touched what's going to happen with SPS. And when that comes out with the whole sponsoring of players and, and Can I ask a question? Absolutely, sir. Yes, sir. Why would somebody want to rent the card or the cards? Because of the gameplay of it. So a, a Yoden Zaku, okay. I'm just you I'm just using Yoden Zaku because it's a very famous card in Splinterlands. It was like the number one card on the untamed deck. Um and it retails, you know, between four hundred to six hundred dollars. But why would I want to pay you to rent a card? What's the incentive for me? You don't have to buy it because it's like four hundred, okay. six hundred. But the gameplay of that card, the the it's it's a powerful card in the game. It's it's a it's a legendary summoner card. So that means that it's it's the first card you play, and it gives all these stat buffs to the cards you play after that card. So it's it's basically you're renting the card because you want that powerful card that you can use for your gameplay, but you don't want to go and spend 500 and 600 bucks. And will that enhance my, uh, and I'll use the term return, maybe that's the wrong word, will that enhance my standing, my playability, the return I get and what I get out of the game? Yes, absolutely. Okay. Yes. So it's, 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 it, Yes, it will. It will. It will increase your. It, well, you've got to know how to play the game. I mean, you could buy. <laughs> well, you could buy a car. You could rent a card, and it's like the worst card in the in the entire game. But you're renting yeah. it just for the sake of renting it. You got to know how to play it and where to place it and when to pick it, et cetera, et cetera. But yes, if you know what you're doing, a lot of these guys that are in the Champions League and stuff don't necessarily own these cards, the big boy cards. I mean, there's there's a card that retails for a million dollars on Splinterlands. I mean, not saying anyone's going to buy it, but I mean, imagine renting something like that out and then going into the match and saying, Hey, look at me, you know? Um, so it's, that's what the renting of the cards is. It's just basically just think of it as D lease instead of renting out your leasing out your, your hive power, you're leasing out the cards for people to play the game, which in turn makes them more money in DEC and potentially wins more games and tournaments and stuff. But you as the, the card holder, you make money residually, like passively, just by renting these cards out. So that's uh, that's that and why I think Splinterlands is freaking amazing. Thanks for listening. <laughs> Thanks for the question, Lisa. And uh, Lisa is watching too on Vim too as well. So um, yeah, she just asked, what's the difference between a lease and a delegation? Well, uh, nothing really, to be honest. It's just a way of saying it. Um, and yes, Chris, you're you're right. It, it increases. Well, de delegation people, delegation tends to mean you're not paying for. It. Right. So I delegate HP to you, John. That means I get I delegate a thousand HP. If I lease a thousand HP to you, I'm you're paying. you're paying for. It. Right. Typically, that's a, that's the way I understand or my 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 understanding of the two terms, and maybe other people have different terms but i think that's pretty common right yeah great questions there you go um anthony said i want to know uh, this is kind of a funny question because we uh we kind of went back and forth with him here he said he wants to know how to build his business on the blockchain i feel that blockchain blockchain is the place to be for building businesses uh a few of us went back and forth and asked him what kind of business he has, and he just said an online business. So while that kind of like is a very broad term, 
Um, I'm, I'm guessing the question would be, he's an online entrepreneur. Uh, he's trying to get his, his feet in the water, dip his toe in the pool. What would be some of the things he should be doing to start building his business on the blockchain? I would say the first thing is do your homework on the blockchain. Don't just say, Hey, I'm going to build on the blockchain for the sake of building on a blockchain. You got to see if that blockchain can actually serve and you can leverage it and it can serve what you need it to do. So, well, I, I think the first starting point is why are you going to be able to build the business on the blockchain? It's not all businesses, especially with the way blockchains are today, are suited to be on blockchain. In fact, uh, most of them are suited to be on servers and, and mm -hmm. server-based things. Um, you know, blockchain's still in its infancy and we don't have, I mean, as much as we love it, it, it it's, you know, there is a valid question of why, why do, do you need a blockchain? Right. Um, and there are certain, you know, businesses, structures that quite frankly are, are better off elsewhere. So, I mean, it's kind of an open-ended question. Uh, if you're looking at a brand, I mean, now you're looking at any normal type branding and you use the blockchain and blockchain applications to extend your reach, to extend your influence, to extend your marketability. Uh, you know, if, if it's some type of affiliate, as, as you teach in CTP, you use the blockchain uh, for a couple reasons. First off is it's a much smaller pond than the YouTube and the Twitters. And the second thing is in your estimation and my estimation too, you're kind of going where the puck is going to quote Dan, you know, this is, this is where things are going to be happening down the road where, you know, maybe the centralized structures have a little bit of, of difficulty. Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, it comes down to basic general suggestions like consistency, dedicated effort, mm -hmm. marketing, you know, making yourself visible, uh, connections, interactions, you know, mm -hmm. that, that applies to any business. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think I think that's a big point. I mean, um, so if you've decided that, you know, you can leverage this, uh, I think then, like I said, it was you've got to figure out where it ties in, like just saying that you have something on the blockchain for the sake of saying it isn't going to do you any good. Um, I'm going to say my personal appear, uh, personal experience and why we dove into this is just like you said, we think it's where the puck is going. But also, a lot of online business specifically is taught that you need to be into content marketing. You need to be creating content and you need to be into social media and you need to be in front of people consistently. And just like you said, that's a really big pond and it's fine. You go out there. I mean, we're streaming on Periscope right now. We're also streaming on Vim. We're killing two birds with one stone here, but um, we feel that it's your content and you know, getting a WordPress blog is fine. You can do it. You should do it. But there's hosting involved. Um, you know, the traction you need to get search engine optimized, you know, search engine traffic from your blog. It's it's a process. It's it's a long-term process. Meanwhile, something like Hive and all of the communities in Hive, you can plug right into it. Like from day one, you can find the community that you're looking for and if it's to do with online business, you found your passion. There's definitely a community on high for it. Plug right in. You've plugged into a community. You don't need to go and blog for three years to get 
15 people a month to come to your blog like you would need to do if you were doing traditional WordPress blogging. Uh, so that was a real big attraction to us was that this seemed to be where the puck was going. Uh, the blogging and the content was yours. You owned it, but also plugging into a community was a lot easier to build the traffic and build the, the brand recognition and the name recognition. Hope that helps. There you go. Good stuff. Um, Sheila comes up with a, with, a, with a, it's a very interesting question, even though it's something that we've heard a lot. I would just love to talk about this with you, man, because I think this is probably a big thing for a lot of people that not that have been here for any amount of time, but people that are brand new to Hive, right? And, and it has to do with price. So just hold on. <laughs> do you see Hive coming back up or not? And when should a person let go of Hive taking a loss or what happens when it goes to zero, then that person is just out. And then you have to buy more when it comes back up in price. As of today, it was 33 cents the day before it was 35. Well, it's now 31. So um, what, what do you think, Task? I mean, well, and considering six months ago, whatever was at 10 cents, it's, you know, still a 3x. I mean, right. when you look at markets, you, you can look at it at any time frame and say, oh, my God, the damn thing dropped, you know, 80%. I mean, it's like Bitcoin. Oh, my God, the price of Bitcoin went from 65000 down to whatever went down 30,000. Right. Yeah. But last year was 6,000. So it's still up tremendously. Um, what do I say? I say ignore price. I mean, if you're a trader, then trade. But if you're a trader, you're probably not asking this question because you have other parameters you're going by and other indicators that are telling you when to buy or sell. Right. The thing with Hive is the price is secondary because it's a utility token. It allows you to do certain things on the blockchain. So when you get Hive and you start powering up, it inf it affects you know your voting power. It affects your resource credits. It affects your standing. It affects what who you can get involved with, how often you can get involved with, because it affects the amount of commenting you can do and all of that other stuff. Mm -hmm. And to look at Hive from the financial perspective. Uh, that's one perspective, but it's not a perspective that I opt to look at it. I look at high from a technological perspective and a development perspective, because that's what's going to provide the value. I don't really give a flying, you know what, if it goes from 35 to 31 cents mm -hmm. uh, until it was said, I shit, I thought the price was at like 40 or 45 cents. I, I hadn't looked at it in a while. So it, it doesn't matter to me because you know, the amount of hive is the amount of hive I have. I'm, I'm getting more hive each day because I, I comment and I, I write posts and I upload and I do all that stuff. And whatever hive I get a day goes, it comes in high power and some of it in HBD when I make a video, but it's just going into my pool and it just keeps growing over time. And, you know, at a certain point in time, I think this thing will go to a dollar, then $2 and $3. And, uh, you know, it's all just a, a progress forward. So, uh, you know, will Hive go to zero? No, it will not do that. Will Hive go back down to 10 cents? It might. I don't know. Um, you know, is the market down in general? Is Hive following the general market to a great degree? I mean, let's be honest, Hive ran up when, you know, things were going well and everybody was excited and then Bitcoin crashed. And most everything went down with it and is been down. Yeah. So be it. I We're think still the, early in this game. 
very early. And I, th I think something too that I noticed in that comment was um, how she mentioned buying on the way back up. I think that's, you need to be buying if you believe in the product, if you just like you said, it's a utility token, so you can use this every day and you can earn from it every day and you can grow your account. So one hive is always going to equal one hive, whatever you're still, it's still blockchain to the code. You're getting that 3%. If you're powered up, et cetera, et cetera, you're getting the curation, you're getting the rewards, but buying on the way up is what everyone else does. That's how those pumps happen. Um, I remember when I got started and I, I bought at all time highs, like I was buying at $4 each. I, I was thinking, oh my gosh, to get the 5,000 high power was just going to be this small miracle because it was at five bucks each. And this was just after I lost my business, thanks to PayPal and their amazing uh, reputation that they have. Um, but I'm not bitter. Can you tell? Uh, the, uh, the, the, the point being is that I was waiting. I was like, everyone used to say, oh, I got in at, you know, when Hive was five cents and 10 cents. And I was like, oh my gosh, what would that be like? And then Hive started its dip, right? 2018, it started going down and down and down and down and down and down. And then about this time, six months ago or something like that, maybe it was a bit longer, but it was at 10 cents. There was the opportunity again. That was when everyone was saying when it was at all-time highs, oh, I wish I bought when it was at 10 cents. If you see it going down, but you still believe in the product and the project, and you think that this has got big legs, when it's going, not financial advice, when it's going down, that's, you do what everyone else isn't doing. That's how you make money in stocks in crypto. It's not buying when everyone else is buying. You buy when the solid projects, everyone is selling them. So that when it comes back up, everyone's helping your stuff actually increase because they're FOMOing into things. Uh, but again, well, but keep in mind, usually off a of bottom, you'll have a long time of price escalation before you get to the FOMO phase. Right. That typically comes later in the game. And yes, as soon as you get to the FOMO phase, that's actually when you should be, if you're looking at trading, you should be looking at selling out. Right. But, you know, bottoms are so hard to pick. I've caught a lot of falling knives and, and just dollar cost average on the way down. And, and you find a bottom and you start to buy on the way up. I mean, I've been buying, I bought Cub at 50 cents. I got bought Cub at 70 cents. I bought Cub at 90 cents. And now it's down to like 75 cents again. Right. Um, and probably this weekend or the first part of next week, I'll buy Cub, whatever it's at. And I'll probably end up buying Cub at a dollar, dollar fifty, two dollars and And I'll just keep buying it up because that's a long way, in my opinion, from the FOMO. But a lot of this gets into basic trading and, and things of that nature. And, you know, my, my view is on all of this. If I'm involved in a token, it's a long-term view anyway. So... I mean, 50 cents, 90 cents, if the thing's going to be at $20, who cares between 50 cents and 90 cents? 90, right, 90 right. cents is still a hell of a return if it gets to 20 bucks. Yeah, good point. Thank you for the question, Sheila. Um, that's one that I know a lot of people think about, especially when they're getting into this stuff, for sure. Um, Aliente, this is Tom. He said, I have mostly posted from the CTP talk front end, a little from Peak D, and also 3Speak. Is it good to post from many tribes or should I focus on only one or two? What do you think of that? I, I think, you, you know, you have to be dedicated. And uh, I, I think it, it depends on what you want to do. But if you're trying to build a brand and if you want to stand out, 
now you're in a community. And so if you're interested in finance, Leo Finance is a great place to stand out. If you're interested in learning, it's a great place to, to read. If you are interested in online business and being a part of affiliate marketing and learning about affiliate marketing and sharing what you know about affiliate marketing and interacting with people who are involved in affiliate marketing and be supported by them, mm-hmm. I would get involved in CTP. I mean, it's, you know, I wouldn't spend time on Leo Finance if you're interested in, you know, the affiliate marketing and and business building. I mean, yeah, you can tag Leo Finance because it it fits, but I wouldn't tag STEM Geeks because you'll get hammered there because that doesn't fit. Um, That's the value of communities because when you get involved in CTP and you post from the front end and you comment and you support and you hold the token and you stake the token and you utilize the token, you're going to stand out among those. I don't know what you have, 100, 200, 300 people in CTP. Mm-hmm. You're going to stand out to those people and you'll stand out to the whales. You post on PD and you're not going to stand out. Um, you go to high blog, you're not going to stand out. And not that there's anything wrong with either of those. It's just, what are you trying to accomplish? And that is the value we have now compared to what we had four years ago and three and a half years ago, where everything was in the same cookie jar. And it's just like, you got thrown in there and there was no way to, it was very diff, It was a lot more difficult to stand out. Now yeah. you can go to a CTP, you can go to a Leo finance, you can go to these different tribes uh, dunk social. I'll throw that one out there. If you're a basketball fan, you're a basketball aficionado, you know about basketball, go to dunk social. I, I forget if it's dunksocial.com or IO or dunk.io. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. It's whatever that. it is, that's a new tribe where you can stand out. Mm-hmm. And you, if that thing grows, it's going to attract basketball fans over time. So in this regard, if your brand is affiliate marketing and all that, and you find success in CTP and support, have at it, you know, don't worry. I mean, obviously you go to three speak to post your videos, right? but if I, if there's no reason to post out of these other front ends, don't post out of the front end, support the tribe that you're dedicated to. I do all my text posting out of Leo Finance. Right. .io. That's where I post all of my uh, articles from. I post almost all my comments from Leo Finance.io. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, that that's where I, I dedicate my time, effort, and I got a lot of stake and what I'm supporting. Um, you know, so we, it's that's just what I do. I mean, Peak D, I use that if there's something wrong with images or maybe to update something or, or if you know, there's not a post on Leo Finance, but it's on my main feed. I'll, I'll answer that. But, you know, outside of that, go to the tribes. It's easier to stand out, especially if you're just beginning. And I will throw out there, as absurd as it is, prices down, activities down, so you can stand out even more. Yep. Yeah, it was a, that was a huge nugget I remember reading and. um I miss this guy. I know there was a lot of drama when he left, but one of the guys, you know, I put in the upper echelon when I was starting my journey, I was listening to Taskmaster. I was watching, they call me Dan, but it was also exile. I used to love exiles posts. And that was one of the things he used to talk about all the time back in the day. He said, go post now because 
the price is going down and it's easier to stick out when everyone else is going to greener pastures or they think they are. And you can stick out a lot more when everyone is gone and looking at something else. Now is the time when the price is dipping. Now is the time to get active. And it's even easier. It's easier on peak D to stick out when everyone else is going, but it's even 10 times easier to stick out on CTP or Dunk Social or Leo or you pick your tribe. Um, so I, I think, it, you know, choosing the front end that you're most comfortable with, that's all for it. I mean, Leo's got it, obviously a fantastic front end. Uh, a lot of people are working on the front end for proof of brain, which is really good. I know CTP, we've done a little bit to it, but it's still like pulling teeth, trying to get anything done through that nitrous app. Uh, but peak D again is fantastic uh, for a front end um, uploading videos, obviously through three speak. So it's, it's a personal preference too. Uh, but I wouldn't spread myself out too thin either. So I would just focus on a couple. So. No, and I, I think it, going back to the investing question, I also believe that the, the same is true, not only in your activity, but your investing, because it's, imp it's impossible to watch 25 different tokens uh, on Hive Engine or on Hive. So I think it's very important to be focused, to be dedicated, to be observant, to understand what's going on with the different tribes and the tokens you're holding. Okay, you get an index token or you get a Utopus or stuff like that. That's just, you know, uh, a, a little different because those are income tokens. But I mean, I, I don't focus on a lot of different tokens because there just isn't the time. And you have to stay up on some of this stuff. Yep, absolutely. Um, thank you for the question too. Um, Tom, that was a, that was a really good one. Uh, Charletta is up and she said, she's got a, a question about community building. How do you get your community to come up on hive by its name instead of the number hive dash one, 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 for example, how it's assigned. I don't think you can. I, I think, I, I think know. that's a code that hive did. And again, I'm not Listen, it's not me to criticize the developers because they're a lot smarter than me, but that's almost a marketing user X user experience thing. They should have programmed it to be able to be named whatever you were going to name it because sending someone to a link that says hive dash one, two, three, four, five, six doesn't really scream. Oh, this is a place where I want to be. And two, very professional and user friendly. Uh, that looks like code. That looks like confusion. It's probably on the blockchain level that they had to do it that way. Uh, but I think there should have been more emphasis on what you're asking, Charletta, where it should have been, um, you know, peakd.com slash community slash whatever the name of the community was. Uh, I think that would have been a better presentation, but I'm pretty sure they did that because of coding and but yeah not sure got any no insight on that huh? like how it i have no clue i <laughs> don't know if it's possible i don't don't know that. yeah I, I i don't think it can be changed i wish it could be even if you set it up i i, I wish there was a way that you could rename it as a community manager that would i think attract a lot more people uh, I mean, look at uh, look at Reddit, right? What's a community on Reddit? It's Reddit slash um, 
is it Barbie C- dolls or whatever? Yeah, yeah. Then Barbie dolls, right? It's not one, two, three, four, five, which is a user experience thing. So, yeah. Harrington says he wants to know about NFTs, the uses or the benefits, um, and how do they basically get their start? Um, <laughs> okay, we'll be here till Monday. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's listen, NFT. First off, NFTs are like everything else it, it it's really just something we're starting with it it's at its experimental age it's, it's innovation it's what we're seeing now is not what it's going to be like in five years nfts are really a new form of digital ownership that opens up enormous possibilities it opens up enormous potential it can be digital ownership to reflect something that's in the digital or virtual world, or it can be digital ownership to reflect something in the physical world. Uh, there's going to be different types of NFTs. There's going to be NFTs for gaming, like John mentioned before with Splinterlands, where an NFT is associated with a particular card, which is associated with certain powers or certain attributes within the game. We may end up seeing which some people are working on universal NFTs, which the NFT has value and the functionality and the feature set can change as we move from one game to another. You're going to have security NFTs, which will apply to, let's say, real estate and to the equity in a building. You could have NFT. I've got those. With, with yeah, they're out there. Yeah. Realty.co. I know Americans can't. You know, no, you know. we're, we're excluded because, you know. Of, of Institutional investors. Yeah, because our wonderful SEC wants to protect us from, you know, being, rug, viewers, right? yeah, being rug pulled like Mark Cuban. You know, <laughs> a billionaire isn't smart enough to figure out about a rug pull, I guess. Um, but he, he's an accredited investor. So, so there's no is, no hope for us then, you know. Yeah, he's, really. He's accredited, I mean, but he can get rug pulled. But you know, he, he's accredited, so he can be rug pulled. So, you know. Thanks, SEC, for protecting all of the Americans from themselves. Yes, yes, we're we're good at that. Uh, you know, NFTs. Quite frankly, I mean, this is going to apply to in- intellectual property. Uh, it's going to apply to collectibles. It's going to apply to to music and, and video and, and anything that has to do with ownership. Ultimately, you could probably see NFTs representing deeds to properties and, and things like that in these areas where, you know, your family's owned a, a plot of land for 100 or 200 years. And all of a sudden they don't own it anymore because some guy shows up with a couple guys with guns and says, this is my buddy's land, Um, you know, things of that nature. Uh, As we enter more into the virtual world and the gaming world and the gamification, digital ownership tied to blockchain, I think is going to be a lot more important. And so that's where NFTs, all the land that Splinterland sold, I'm sure there's an NFT to each plot of land they sold. And and that shows ownership trail, it shows all that stuff. So it's really something that's just getting started. We're gonna see financial NFTs, I believe, you know, tied to insurance policies and, you know, insurance policies and non-liquid asset, but it has monetary value, why not NFT it? and, and do stuff there. All these robo taxis that Tesla and Waymo and other companies are talking about, 
you can NFT that son of a bitch and sell tokens against it. I mean, it, it's really something that it's just in the, the infancy stage and we're probably going to see NFTs that, I mean, we didn't, five years from now, we didn't even dream of today. It's like, oh, well, that was obvious, but, you know, we're not even thinking about it today. NFTs in space. I mean, who knows? NFT Mars, man. Let's do it. <laughs> yeah. It's a, it's a really good question, though, Harrington, for sure. And and again, I, I love the use case for it specifically. And just like you said, Task, like this is years down the road. We haven't even thought of what can be used. But um, for me, you, uh, the, the biggest use case for NFTs for me right now is the Splinterland stuff. Uh, it's a game that uses the NFT that you own. It's a digital asset that you own. You are going to be able to take, you know, lease these out right now. But then there's even more use case when SPS comes out. So... Uh, that to me is big for for NFTs. Use case is big, just like it is for crypto, right? And finally, to end up the week, we got Eliana, and she's like, unfortunately, she won't be able to be on the live show, even though she's here because she thought it was going to be at uh, one o'clock and then it'll be in at two. But she's here watching on Vim. Um, how has the Hive Loans project been coming along? She hasn't been paying attention to it. Um, the new future, uh, the future new recurring transfers feature on PD might be useful to pay back the loans, but maybe Hive loans will already have that incorporated. Any update uh, from your end on Hive loans and what uh, Cly is doing? It's on testnet. I know that. Uh, no, recurrent payments aren't going to be necessary for Hive loans because Hive loans, your your payback of the loan comes from the power down. So you have a a, a 10,000, or you, let's say you have a thousand high power. You could get 70%, so you get 700 hive liquid immediately. And let's say you pay, uh, I don't know, we'll, we'll use round number, 700. You decide to pay it back over 10 weeks. I know there's no interest in there, but we'll use simple numbers. So that's 70 a week. Well, you have a 13 week power down. 1,000 divided by 13 is more than 70. So that's what pays back your loans. Mm -hmm. uh, the recurrent payment is going to be in the next hard fork from what I understand, which is going to take place from what I understand on the 30th. And so what that'll do is that will be obviously for subscriptions and things of that nature. So CTP Talk, let's say, has a training module that is... 10 hive a month mm. and I sign up for it if it's 10 hive a month for a year. So I sign up and I approve 12 equal payments of 10 hive throughout the year. And as long as I have the hive in there, then the payments will just take place. And my subscription to whatever that training is, is affected in effect. Obviously I would imagine you could write it into the front end at the second my 10 hive doesn't go through uh, because I I drain my account, then you know you're you're blocked and you can't get into that module. So uh, recurrent payments, I think, is a big step forward for subscription-based commerce. And I think that really will help things. But they're two separate things. As to answer the hive loans, last I, I heard, and it's been more than a week now. Um, it was on testnet and the testnet was going to be through most of June, possibly going into July, depending on what they found. Mm -hmm. And from there, we will see when 
they feel comfortable enough that it's it's secure enough to open it up live. I, I we were curious, me and um, because one of the questions I actually put the tweet out when I read about the the, the peak D stuff. I put it on Twitter. I was like, peak D, wow, this is amazing. This is great. And then uh, someone mentioned like they thought that HivePay would have would have done this already. And me and Blaine were talking, and Blaine's like, "Oh yeah, we could we could do subscriptions right now on HivePay, but we would just have to have everyone's active key on a server, to you know, so that's not gonna happen. And we didn't want to do that, but with this new hard fork and the way that it's being explained, uh, with the payments, it makes sense. And I'm looking forward to it because, I, like you said, it opens up a lot." for specifically my industry and my little niche, my little side of the interwebs um, that gives someone, because one of the biggest things, every time I present someone with hive, a, an entrepreneur, an online business person, they'd say, well, how, how do I get, how do I get subscriptions? How do, how do I, because that's the model in yeah. affiliate marketing online businesses, residual monthly income. So yeah. how do you do that? Well, if hive can do that, Bitcoin can't do that. <laughs> Ethereum still can't do that. So all these things, we could do on hive now which opens us up to yeah Excited. yeah and ima imagine if we get to the point where we get the hbd peg right and you can do recurrent payments with hbd which is the equivalent right. of one dollar worth of hive so that at any time you can come to you can put up a subscription and again using that training module again Let's say it's ten dollars a month. So then it costs me ten HBD every month, and as long as I have it in my my liquid form, it goes through, and you get your ten dollars every month. Beautiful. And you don't have to worry about the price of five. I don't have to worry about the price of five. Well, one month it's going to be thirty bucks or thir three bucks, and next month it's going to be a dollar, and the next month, you know, because it, it a recurrent payment of ten hive could fluctuate. Right, right, right. A recurrent payment of 10 HBD, and I presume this will also apply to HBD. I've never asked, but I would presume it would be. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, that 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 could be huge if we can get that sucker pegged. So yeah. these are all little things that, while not on the surface earth shattering, if you think about them a little bit and you start to think about the commercial opportunities, it's like, wait a second, that just puts us in a totally different realm. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I mean, as soon as, as soon as this hard fork goes through, I mean, Blaine, like Blaine's going to look, he's going to dive into the code and see how we can put it into high pay because then all of a sudden now you basically have a complete second option to PayPal and without having to deal with credit cards or anything like this is the missing link for a lot of online entrepreneurs, the ability to have subscriptions and why a lot of guys and gals haven't adopted crypto fully because they didn't want to start a business where they had to go f begging people for, you know, the, the, the monthly fee, you know, yeah. like, can I give me the Bitcoin? Come on guys. You owe me Bitcoin, please guys, yeah. please pay us. So it's exciting stuff. Um, and as an entrepreneur, I'm extremely excited for it. Um, could be exactly yeah, I mean, it, uh, this hard fork again it looks like nothing really exciting but when you delve into it it's like I because so. then you have people who who are the entrepreneurs who are the business builders who said you know what this looks stupid but it's actually a major piece and now you just said we uh, hive pay will be the one crypto based app that payment app 
that is on par with PayPal yep. because nothing else out there can offer a recurrent payment system. Right. Not even coin because, payments. Nothing. Well, what's that? Not even coin payments. Because if, if you want to do a subscription, you have to rebill every month. Like, yeah, because like Blaine said, I mean, how do you, how do you get, and how do you get recurrent payments unless you have somebody's key, key right. to their wallet? You, right. you can't. Um, but with with what they're coding into the blockchain, obviously, uh, Hobo is has built code that says, OK, every month, hey, Taskmaster 4450 for the next 11 months on, you know, the first of the month, hit him for 10 HBD. Mm -hmm. yeah. and it will be you know done now i don't know if i need 100 hb 120 hbd when i start i i don't know the obviously the technicals because i i've never seen it and i've never spoken to hobo or, or anything like that but i know that they're looking at developing a recurrent payment system that models what is out there so yep. i would imagine you know as long as the HBD is there each month when the uh, code goes to 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 get it, and it'll just keep going. And you know, then HiPay may have to write in there something that says, "Uh oh, we just went to to Joe Smith. The the ten HBD is not there, and so it has somewhere on your back end. You contact whoever incorporated it." into incorporated high pay into their website and it notifies them and says hey joe smith didn't pay exactly but that's back end stuff playing come on get get on it all right he's on it he's excited for it um it's huge like you said it opens up the online world of of, of affiliate and and subscription-based marketing i mean that's huge yeah yeah, and even opens it up to more things for content creators like the Patreon, you know, like imagine Peak D or something, one of these front ends tapping into that, doing the the the, the subscription based stuff. So now you have a Patreon on chain. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that that really you you how about taking your tribe and you have. Your Hall of Fame, your your elite, your 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 better content creators. Instead of just oh, this is our front page. These are this is a subscription. You want you want the best of the best. You you want you want the posts from 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 John Olson. This is where you go. Right. This is these are our best. These are our most successful. Um, and it'll cost you you know five HBD a month or whatever. But now you can get the really good juicy stuff. You can I build mean, that right into your tribe. Oh yeah, yeah. And and this is again kind of going back to the question about you know how do I build my business on the blockchain? <laughs> These are some tools that will be at your disposal very quickly, very soon. So it's exciting, man. Um, well, that, that's, that's the questions. Uh, thank you guys for rocking. Uh, if you did not get your hive, uh, tip, you should have, I, I gave you guys a uh, Eliana, uh, Charletta and Harrington. I got you guys today. I didn't get you yesterday, but I got you tipped just now. 
Uh, so thank you guys all for the questions. Uh, we do this. Each I, I asked a question. Do I get a tip? Sure, man. Do you want one? I'll send one to you. Right. Yeah. Don't do drugs, right? You know, don't do drugs. Don't, don't, don't walk in front of moving buses. Yeah, There's yeah. your tip for the day. Yeah. Don't, don't play with the electrical appliances in the bathtub filled with water. Life tip. <laughs> Yeah. Don't stick don't don't stick don't stick metal objects in the light socket. Yeah, exactly. Don't do that. Yeah, thank you, Eric. Thanks for coming, man. Appreciate you guys coming by on Vim uh, and everyone on Periscope too. Uh, I didn't stream to Facebook because uh, Zuckerberg's got too much money. He doesn't need it. Uh, thank you guys for coming to rock with us. We'll be back on Tuesday for another episode, as well as next Friday for our question and answer. We put the questions out on CTP chat on Thursday or Wednesday. It was Thursday this week. Uh, which worked out really well too because it allowed me to push a little bit to get people active on chat which was good so thank you guys for coming uh that's taskmaster i'm john go uh have a great weekend and we will see you on the blockchain toodles ciao thanks for listening to the cryptomaniacs podcast we hope you enjoyed the show and look forward to hanging out with you again next week 